you, Jesus, that you're worthy this morning. You're worthy of our everything. And uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be at church this morning with you, with other people. And uh, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to continue doing something in us. Lord, I ask that as we open your word in these next few minutes that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would speak to us and we'd have ears to hear it, we'd have eyes to see it, we'd have hearts to understand. And I pray, God, that your word would be true. I thank you that when you say your word goes forth, it doesn't come back void. And so we look forward to being impacted by your word this morning. You're welcome to do what only you can do this morning, Holy Spirit. Change us, impact us, Lord. Do whatever needs to happen inside of us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Why don't you give somebody a hug as you sit down this morning. Give somebody a hug. It's gotta be three seconds or longer for it to count. I'm just kidding. You don't have to give a three-second hug. Anybody doing okay this morning? Great. Great job. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles this morning. Anybody bring a Bible to church? Three people. It's okay. I always got to ask a few questions at the front end because it takes all a little one, while to warm up and be like, oh yeah, he does want us to talk back to him. I forgot. Anybody got your Bibles this morning? <laughs> oh man, you guys are awesome. Open up to John chapter 11 is where we're going to be. Hope you had a good week this week. It's been seven days since I saw you last, most of you. Hope you're doing good. Good? Good? Been watching Despicable Me recently. So when I say good, I accidentally say grud, like gru. Anybody know gru? All right. <laughs> John chapter 11 is where we're going to be this morning. I remember the night that, uh, that Rose was born. Obviously, if you have, especially, maybe you don't remember your like second, third, and fourth child being born, but you definitely remember your first. I remember my first child being born, Rose, and uh, I was super excited. Heather, by the time Rose uh, was born, Heather had been in labor for about 29 hours, so I was pretty tired. It had been a long like, day and a half for me. And uh, don't act like it wasn't. I, was, I need to sleep, right? Come on. So I was, I was tired after 28, 29 hours. You know, I hadn't slept in a while. And I was up before that too. So it was a long day for me. It's a long day for Heather too. But probably it was long for me. I was trying to help you know, as much as I could. But Rose was born at about, about 7 p.m., uh, 7, 7 at night. And so by the time that she had gone through like her hospital tests and everything that they do and getting her cleaned up and all that kind of stuff, and then we kind of got settled into the, the new room that we were going to be spending a couple of nights in. By the time all of that happened, it was time for bed. You know how when it's just time for bed, like you just get out of my way, it's time to go to bed. So I was trying to get Heather to bed and I was trying to get me to bed and we walk into this, this great room and they had this nice big bed for Heather and this, uh, we'll call it a couch for me, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was there at least, so that was nice and they came in checking on Heather about every hour, um, they never checked on me, so you know, I'm trying to get some sympathy, it was a hard night for me. Um, I'm just kidding. Nobody cared about me, but everybody cared about Heather, which is the way it ought to be. Amen? She had just done something significant, so that was good. But we were ready for bed. We were ready for bed to, to, to get some sleep after a long time. So we had been trying to get her to sleep, and I, I lay down on my couch. Heather lays down on her bed, and, and we, lay, we lay down for sleep. And after about maybe 15 minutes, there was this sound, this new sound for me. It, it was new for me. I hadn't ever been woken up by this sound before. But it has since become a very familiar sound. 
in my life since that glorious night, the sound of my little girl screaming her tiny little lungs out because she didn't get the memo that it was bedtime for me and mommy. So she is screaming 15 minutes in, and I honestly, this is maybe another story for another time, but I remember getting up trying to rock her and trying to swaddle her. I'm like, nobody taught me how to do this. And if you know Rose, then it'll make sense. She did not want to be swaddled. She was all over the place and screaming, and I had no idea what to do. And I was about three hours into fatherhood, and I remember sitting down and saying, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's three hours in, and I'm already over my head. It was already, I was, so, you know, I'm a wuss is the whole point of this whole story, basically. So this new sound had, had woken me up that morning, and it's, like I said, since it's been a familiar sound, waking me up a lot. If there's any parents in the room, you know the beautiful, glorious, fateful sound of one of or all of your children not wanting to go to sleep. Any parents in the room? Amen? You with me? Okay. So we've, we've, we've all been snapped out of a beautiful sleep before, right? You know what it feels like. You're having a great time in your nice, warm, cozy bed, and then something happens, and it wakes you up and snaps you out of your sleep. We, we love our sleep, and, and I like it too. I mean, we, we don't like being woken up from our nice, peaceful sleep, but, but sometimes you need to be woken up from your sleep, right? Sometimes you, you need it. I mean, sometimes your alarm goes off and you don't want to, or your phone rings and you're like, why is anybody calling me? Or your roommate calls your name. Something happens, snaps you out of your sleep, but sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need it because your phone is ringing because you slept through your alarm and you're not where you're supposed to be, right? Or somebody's calling your name and it's like, why are you talking to me? And it's like, well, I was supposed to be up two hours ago. I'm supposed to be somewhere well-dressed, not in my bed, asleep. We've all, we've all been there where we needed to get snapped out of our sleep. We've all slept through an alarm. We've all missed an important meeting. Hit snooze too many times, anybody? My roommate in college, one time we timed him. Well, we didn't time him because we didn't have time to time him. But I left for class for my 8 a.m. class, and he, was, he had already hit snooze a couple of times. And I came back after, what would that have been, three classes and lunch. It was 1245, and he was still in bed hitting the snooze button. And we were like, let's just see how long this goes. This has got to be a world record. So we, know what, we all know what it's like to hit the snooze button a little bit. But at one time or another, we all need a wake-up call, right? We all need a little bit of a wake-up call. And, and we've been doing a series called A Sense of Revival. And if we want to be a people that live with a sense of revival, then there's going to be times, and maybe that time is even now, where we're going to need a little bit of a wake-up call. We need a little bit of a wake-up call to live in a sense of revival. And just like sometimes a sound breaks through your beautiful sleep to wake you up and hopefully launch you into a great day, we all need to listen to the sound of revival in our life to snap us out of our sleep. We're going to talk about the sound of, this, of revival this morning. You can write that at the top of your notes. It's the title of our message this morning, The Sound of Revival. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that um, in life, it can get kind of easy to be lulled to sleep. You can get, I can get lulled to sleep. Life just kind of starts running together one day into the next, maybe, just another day, another commute to work, another day of dropping off the kids at school, another meeting, another meal to cook, dish to clean, another movie to watch. It's just kind of easy to get lulled to sleep. And we do one day, and we go to sleep, and then we wake up, and we do it all over again. It can be easy to get lulled to sleep. And truth is, though, I think about getting lulled to sleep that it really can be difficult to get lulled to sleep on the outside. And maybe you're sitting there, you're like, I wish I could get lulled to sleep. Between like, anxiety and 
staying up late for work and getting up early for kids and everything else that you got going on, you're like, I really wish somebody would lull me to sleep, but that's not working right now. But on the outside, maybe it's not the easiest thing to get lulled to sleep at times. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But on the inside, it's definitely a little easy to get lulled to sleep. And if you've fallen asleep on the inside, it's probably not because you're bored. It's probably not because there's any, not anything going on in your life. You might, maybe you've just fallen asleep because of the routine, just the routine. And we can get locked up in life and, and fall asleep, maybe on the outside, definitely on the inside, because we get caught up and maybe we miss the sound of revival and we get caught up in this noise of life. I don't know about you, but I, there's a difference between noise and sound, right? Like sound has purpose. Noise just kind of happens. Like if you're a musician, you try to make a sound. If, somebody, if you're a musician and somebody says you're just making noise, not a good thing. But if you're a musician, you want to make sound. If you're a machine, you just kind of make noise, right? You're not that, not that worried about it. There's a difference between sound and noise. Sound has, has purpose, and a sound that wakes you up, it's a purposeful sound. You purposefully set the alarm so that the sound would go off. But at my house, we use noise to put our kids to sleep, right? Use a sound to wake somebody up, but you can use a noise to put somebody to sleep. Here's what I mean. Sometimes we miss the sound of revival, but we get lulled to sleep by the noise of life. And the noise of life can sound something like this. Sounds a little like this kind of white noise, you know? Another day of routine, another day of marriage being okay, another day of work, kids, school, life, things are fine. Nothing's that bad. Just kind of a white noise kind of life. And around my house, we use this to put my kids to sleep. We try not to make a sound when they're asleep, but we give them this noise to make them go to sleep. And sometimes life just has a bit of a noise. And we can even do this spiritually. You know, we can come to church and it's week four of a sense of revival and we talked about the history of revival and the lens of revival and the scent of revival. It's easy. We just get all to sleep. And, but what we need is a sound to wake us up. And revival is a sound. God's sending revival in your life to wake you up. Out of the white noise kind of life, he's not made you for it. He's amazed you to get lulled to sleep, and we don't need the white noise of life, but God wants to speak a sound of revival over you this morning, to wake you up into who he's called you to be, to wake you up into who he's made you, and to wake you up into the things right in your world that he's inviting you to be a part of. We need to live by the sound of revival, and he's speaking it this morning. It's easy to get caught up in the white noise of life, but what we need is the sound of revival. Amen, anybody? We're in John chapter 11. We're going to read a few verses that we read last week. So uh, if you were here, they're going to be familiar, but I'll give a short recap. In John chapter 11, Jesus is stepping into the life of some of his dear friends. He hasn't been in the same city with them. There's three siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, some dear friends of his. Lazarus is a great friend. Mary and Martha help him all along the way of his ministry. And he catches word that Lazarus is sick. He goes to Bethany to be with them. By the time he gets there, Lazarus has died. Mary and Martha are distraught. He steps into a tragic situation. We talked about it this, this last week. and In this story, we talked about the scent of revival. We talked about how this story carries an odor because Lazarus is dead. And sometimes revival stinks like death. And 
Jesus taught us last week that if we want to raise the dead, we've got to be around dead people. And dead people smell like dead people. And a broken world smells like a broken world. But Jesus isn't afraid of your broken, stinky situations. In John chapter 11, last week, we learned that Jesus steps in to the scent of revival, the odor of revival. And he comes and he brings a fragrance in John chapter 12. If you were here last week, you remember all about that. So like I said last week, we read this story and we, we talked about the scent of revival in John chapter 11. But I want to read it again this week. And I just I wonder if we maybe in the same story can find a different sense. I wonder if we can not just smell the scent of revival, but I wonder if we might just catch the sound of revival. John eleven thirty eight 38 is where we are this morning. Are you there with me? I wanted you to read along with me. Let's see if we can catch a sound this morning. Then Jesus deeply moved again. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you? that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you will always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When they had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who was dead came out. His, man, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with cloths of linen. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Jesus said the sound of revival. In this story we talked about last week, the situation, life has struck again. Here comes life. Another painful situation. Another Disappointment, another circumstance that you can't quite understand. Another time you thought God was going to do something one way and it didn't go that way. Another loss, another bit of bad news, another day, another time life strikes again for Mary and Martha. And I think we all know what it feels like when life just kind of strikes again. One more thing, another bummer to add to the list, the white noise of life. Mary and Martha are in a situation and Jesus steps in to their stinky situation. He steps into their white noise. And I might not know this morning what your specific situation is that you're in right now, but I know at least for me, if I could just be honest for a second, it's been one heck of a week. There's been some stuff that smells like death. And I'm going to be honest that this morning, I don't have a sermon here to preach for a bunch of perfect people that have their stuff together, that smell nice, that aren't going through anything and know everything about life. If that's you this morning, please come back next week. That sermon might be for you, but this week probably isn't. I got something to preach for somebody who's going through something. Because like I said, it's been a heck of a week. And, and maybe next week will be for everybody who, who's got it all together, but I think this morning I hope that there's somebody here who came who maybe doesn't smell so good, maybe has something in life that doesn't look so good, doesn't sound so good, doesn't feel so good, doesn't taste so good. There's a lot of noise in life in our broken world trying to take us down and trying to lull you to sleep. You might not be sure where God is this morning. 
You might not be sure what he's doing. You might be like Mary and Martha, Lord, where were you? If you would have been here, if you would have done it the way we thought. Things aren't going the way I thought they were going to go. You might not be sure where you're headed in life right now. You might have emotions all over the place. Your circumstances might be up and down, good on Tuesday, bad on Friday. I don't know. You don't know which way is up, down, or sideways. It might be on the outside. It might be on the inside, but it would just either way be a whole lot easier to go to sleep and just let it all pass and get away from all this stuff, this stuff, this white noise. I don't know if it's anybody in here this morning, but if it's you, it might just be me, but I got a feeling of somebody else too. God's got a word of encouragement to speak to you this morning. That we learn in John chapter 11 that no matter what graveside you're by this morning or how deep your sleep might be, God wants to speak to you this morning. Jesus said, God wants to speak to you this morning. And when Jesus speaks, he speaks the sound of revival. He speaks the sound of revival. Jesus, he came to the grave and he said, roll away the stone. He said to Martha, did I not tell you? If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. And he cried out to Lazarus, come out. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat and walk. And he took up his mat and walked, set free. Jesus said, it is finished. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. He cursed the fig tree. He blessed the five loaves and the two fish. He prayed, let your kingdom come and your will be done. He welcomed the little children. He taught the masses. He spoke with his friends the sound of revival. Mary broke the bottle of perfume. And when the Pharisees heard the crowd bless him as he rode in on a donkey, they heard the sound of revival. When the faithful heard a sound of the crowd cursing him on a tree. When the marginalized heard the veil rip. When the dead heard the ground shake as the stone rolled away, they heard the sound of revival. Jesus stepped in to Mary's broken situation and when he spoke, he brought revival. All through history, God has been speaking and when he speaks, everybody takes notice. Everything changes. No one knows what's happened and you can't explain what you've just heard, but when God speaks, what you have heard is the sound of revival. He steps into Mary and Martha's broken situation. When he spoke, he brought revival. And Jesus is with you this morning. Whatever your broken situation is, whatever's going on, Jesus is with you. And if we will just be a people who listen, we will live with a sense of revival. We've been talking about revival in this series. Revival is the life of God in our broken world is kind of the definition that we've been working with. A broken world will not be mended by morality, political leaders, legislative policy, higher philosophy. A broken world will only be mended by the voice of the living God. When you're broken, don't run away. Just listen. 
Fight with everything you've got to listen. Keep showing up and listen. What if Mary and Martha just said, let's not go by the grave today? It hurt and it was hard, but they just kept showing up. And if you just keep showing up, Jesus is going to speak in your life. Don't fall asleep. Don't just throw it all away. We'll just keep listening for his voice because the truth is that God is ready to move in your life. God is ready to move in our city. God is ready to move in our time. We're living with a sense of revival because we believe it. We believe God is ready for his church to walk in a revival like the world's never seen before. We said it in the first week, there's been healing revivals. We talked all through the history of just our nation. There's been evangelistic revivals, but here at this church, we've got a sense of revival. That God wants to show the world a kingdom revival on the earth today like it's never been seen before. It's not going to be an Antioch thing. Don't hear me wrong. It's a Jesus thing. Because when he speaks, he speaks the sound of revival. What our world is starving for is not morality, it's not new leaders, it's not legislative policy, it's not all of these things. Our world is starving for a sound. The sound of revival, the voice of God. And he is speaking. And if we'll be a people that listen, we will live in the midst of the sound of revival as we hear his voice. Amen? When God speaks, he speaks the sound of revival. When God speaks the sound of revival, we also have a sound to make when it comes to revival. We've got a sound to make. When God speaks revival, we need to respond with our own sound. And the sound that people have always been responsible to make when it comes to revival, our sound of revival, as you read the Bible, as you look through history, and as you look at our day and our time, our sound of revival is a sound of repentance. It's a sound of repentance. It's the sound of turning away from everything that we've been running with and turning towards what God is calling us to. There's always been a sound that accompanies revival, and it's been the sound of repentance. Lazarus, in John chapter 11, he, he had a response to the revival that he had experienced. He woke up, but he had to come out. I wonder if sometimes we're staying in some graves with the stone rolled away waiting on God to do another thing when we're already raised from the dead. It's just time to respond and come out and repent and say, I don't have to live here anymore. I'm going to come on out. We talked last week about how when Lazarus came out, he had his grave clothes wrapped around him and how we want to be a community that lives with the scent of revival, and that means um, stepping into other people's stink, right? Because we start following Jesus, and he raises us from the dead and sets us free, but sometimes we all still got some grave clothes on, some old attitudes, some old habits, and it stinks like the old you. Jesus says to Lazarus' friends, he says basically, I raised him from the grave, now I want you to unbind him and let him go. So, so he had to have some good friends step in and deal with his stink. And we're going to be a community, right, who steps into each other's stink and helps unbind each other and let them go. And, hey, let's, let's get that off. That's like, that's like the dead you. Let's go smell nice like the new you. So there's a community response to revival, but there's also a personal responsibility to respond to revival when God speaks in your life. 
as a personal response of repentance, of turning from what you've been doing and responding and turning towards his voice. Amen? I want to show you a little illustration this morning. Um, Josh, you didn't sign up for this, but I'm calling you up here, bro. I need you to uh, give Josh Brown a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Come on up. Go ahead around and grab that little blue bucket and bring it on over here when you get a chance. Is this going to be okay here? Can you grab that bucket for me? Thanks. <laughs> you just set it over there. There you go. Strong, strapping young man you are. Josh recently started a new job, praise the Lord. He's killing it. He hasn't been feeling too good, but we love you, even though you have a runny nose. We'll step into your grave clothes. <laughs> Was that too much fun to have in church right there, joking with my friend? Sorry about that. Hebrews chapter 12 says, says something this way. It, says this, it puts it this way when it talks about our responsibility to respond to revival. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we talked about this verse in our first week, and so that'll give you kind of some background for this great cloud of witnesses thing. Essentially what he's saying is, therefore, because God has done so much, let us also, so let, let us also, this is where our personal responsibility comes in. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12 hits on this personal responsibility that we have to respond to revival, right? There's a, there's a therefore, right? So since all of this stuff has happened, since God is speaking, let us respond. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is marked out for us. Our sound of revival is the response of repentance. And I think when we talk about this, we can talk about white noise and falling asleep all morning. And that's great and that makes sense because that's all kind of metaphoric and stuff like that. But as soon as I bring up the word repentance, it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those preachers. This is one of those churches. Fire and brimstone and all that kind of thing. Talk about repentance. That starts to hit home a little bit. But the truth is, is that we just got to be real because life is real, right? We got to be real because life is real, right? We can talk metaphors and all that stuff all day long, but, but the truth is, is that what's slowing us down and what's going to keep us back out of what God's called us to as people, whether, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, the truth is the same for all of us. What's going to keep us back and lull us to sleep is it's sin. It's just sin. It's not just the sleepy insides and metaphoric white noise. It's, it's sin, right, Josh? It's going to be our sin that's going to keep us back. And I think sometimes we can talk about issues, right? Yeah, you know, we just got some issues. I got some baggage. Got some stuff I'm dealing with. Got my struggles. Got my unspoken prayer requests. We can talk about all those things as much as we want, but the truth is that our world is not lacking a God who speaks. Our world is lacking a people who will live in repentance. The world is not lacking a God who speaks. The world is lacking a response of repentance to his beautiful voice. He is calling to us. We're bound up. We've got our sin, and that's the truth. 
God is speaking, but the question is, who will respond? And we talk about revival, and it's like, when's God going to release the sound of revival? And I wonder if heaven is looking at us asking the same question. When will the people release their sound of revival? A sound of response to the life that God is speaking. A sound of response to his life entering into a broken world. A sound of repentance. I wonder when we might just hear the sound of revival. The response of repentance. God has spoken. We're, we're not missing out on a God who speaks because the truth is that we, we've, got our, we've got our sin, right? We've, uh, we've got our, 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 our stuff, you know, got these weights and the truth is like it's not that God's not speaking the truth is that maybe it's like the truth is like you know it's, maybe it's just like oh I wish God would do something but the truth is that like he's spoken and sexuality is just out of control and I wish God would speak but maybe he has you know it's not that God's not brought a lot uh, a, a lot of clarity it's is the truth that we got this white noise. Yeah, porn's normal, it's no big deal. You know, you know, we gotta test drive our boyfriend and girlfriend before we before we buy the car. It's real respectful. And uh, you know, it, it's just it's natural, it's just my it's just I'm just doing me. Don't don't tell me how to use my body and not. I was born this way, I got these feelings and emotions and we could say we wish God would, would speak a little bit more so we could run a little bit more freely, but I I, I just wonder if maybe he's spoken. I wonder if he's, if he's maybe spoken his sound. And I wonder if, you know, sometimes we also, it's like, yeah, I love God. I, God is amazing. But I love my money, too. And God can have my life, but definitely not my checkbook. No, we don't need to talk about generosity and all that stuff. God, God gave me everything, and he does want to bless you 100%, but what if it's to bless other people, too? And I know that uh, we, we, we wish God would speak and set us free, but I wonder if maybe we've been wearing a few chains that he's already spoken about. You know, we, we've, got our, we've got our weights, and I don't know, and sometimes, you know, it's like God's good and everything, but I just can't get past this anxiety, you know? Like, I know he said be anxious for nothing, but I'm just a worrier, you know? Like, that's just who I am, and I can't, I can't get past that. So... Uh, I know he said, like, do everything without complaining, but that, he, like, wrote that before he saw my life, right? If he only knew, he would have said a, at least a little bit of complaining is okay. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just can't get set free from this stuff that's slowing me down. I just wish God would send a sound of revival, right, Josh? I just wish he'd speak about some of this stuff. Yeah. It'd be nice to get free. It'd be nice to not have these ways. It's just, you know... It's just like nothing crazy. It's just a little bit of gossip. Like, not like slandering people. I'm just sharing about them a little bit. Like, it's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I thought we were going to live with a sense of revival. How am I supposed to live like that? And that's what life feels like, huh? And we come to church and we talk about a sense of revival and Man, God speaks a sound of revival. I can't wait to hear him speak. What if he has? I just wonder, and I'm not saying this to come down. Here, let me help you with your weights, bro. That's the devil right there. I didn't even plan that illustration. The devil comes over and says, yeah, I know you're discouraged. You should be. I'm not saying this because I'm angry. I'm saying this because I got some hope. I got hope. 
Because if God's already made his sound, that means we're free to make ours. That means we're free to make ours. And we can talk all day long about, oh, we, we harping on, on sins. And well, Andrew, what about you? You can give an illustration. I dealt with every single one of those things. We can, you want to hear my past about the sexuality? You want to hear my past too? You're like, we can go there. It's not about I'm better than anybody else. It's about what if Jesus is for real? What if Jesus really has spoken? What if the name of Jesus really does break every chain? What if we've got a king who's good? What if when he said it was finished, it was finished? What if we don't have to wait another day for him to speak a sound of revival? What if we are free right now to make our sound of repentance? And I believe this is what's going to set the world free, what's going to turn things upside down. It's not going to be whether or not Trump does a good job or not. I hope he does a good job and whatever. But what if the church, what if people, what if everybody rose up and just said, you know what? I'm going to line up with what God said. I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm not going to wait anymore. I just... Sometimes you get sick of it. You're sick of it. Are your shoulders getting numb? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I, I put them on this week. I was like, dang, these are heavy. That's why I called you up here. But the truth is, we got to wake up from this spiritual sleep. It's got spiritual lingo on it. It says we're waiting for God to do another thing. I just wish he would send revival. What if he sent you? One of you is going to take that. Because God's not just called us to be nice, moral people who go to church on Sunday. We live in a broken, hurting world that needs God. And he has called us to live with a sense of revival. And it gets heavy. And it gets weighty. But there's freedom in it. Because the truth is that the devil comes and says, yeah, you'll be all right. Jesus broke the chains, but you still got to wear them. But the devil is a liar. And he's not just trying to lull you to sleep. He's not trying to numb your shoulders and slow you down. He's trying to steal from you. He's trying to kill you. He is trying to destroy you. But Jesus comes in and he says, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. You don't have to live with those chains anymore. Not only did I break them, but you can repent and turn from them when he spoke the sound of revival. He's releasing a revival in our day of people who are not just going to watch Jesus break their chains, but they're going to make their sound of revival in return. And revival has a sound. Revival has a sound of people who will step up and say, I'm not going to wear them anymore. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I'm not going to listen anymore. I'm not going to wear it. I've got to repent and let our sound of revival. It's a sound of repentance. And we can talk about repentance and say, well, that's a big, scary word. But my question is, look who's free. What does he think about repentance? It feels good. feels good and what's so amazing about Jesus is when you've got your chains on you he doesn't come and pat your back and say it's gonna be all right just make you feel good you, there's nothing wrong it's okay he does say I love you but this is not okay let's get these things off John eleven forty four. Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave once he comes out, he says, I'm not finished. Unbind him and let him go. Let him live in revival.
sense revival. It's right there for us. And I don't know where you're coming from on this repentance word. Like it's big and like I said, it's scary. And people have yelled and screamed it for years. But Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. And we're never gonna see revival without a people committed to repentance. We've gotta throw off everything that's slowing us down. Not because it makes you a better Christian, but because of Hebrews 12.1, there's a race for you to run. There's a race for you to run. And some of you, maybe, have been so caught up in just making it back to life, you haven't even realized he's got a race for you to run. There's a purpose for you to live. There's a plan for you to experience. There's people for you to impact. There's a world for you to change. There's broken people for you to heal. There's good news to preach. There's blind eyes to open. There's graves to empty. There's bondage to break. There's loss to be saved. I got a sense. This, I don't, I don't, it, this, is, this is everything. I got a sense of revival for our city in our time, in our day, in your workplace, in your family, in your marriage. <sighs> Jesus. He does all the work when he speaks. We've got the opportunity to respond. I want to invite you to stand up this morning. We're going to sing a song of revival this morning. And you may be here and realize, wow, these look really familiar. And you may have some to get rid of. And you're in the right place at the right time. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Just get rid of them. You may need to give your life to Jesus for the first time today and allow him to step in and break everything that's been binding you. We're gonna have a handful of people over here to the side as we sing this song. If you wanna respond, you may need to come up to the front. You may need to stay, you may need to stay where you are. You may need to go to somebody and confess your chain because you've never told anybody about it and you just watch what happens when you shed some light on it. I just, just try it. Anybody ever confess something you didn't want to confess and it just felt so good? So y'all are with me. Just, just try it if you got one of those things. Those chains are ugly. Let's get them out. Because if a church can get set free, we can see a world set free. Amen? There's power in the name of our King Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain. And I'm believing in our time in this year 2017 we said we're moving into the promises of God we're talking about a sense of revival and I just wonder what God might do this year I wonder what he might do in our city in your workplace in your marriage in your friendship in the relationship that's still broken three weeks into this series what if it's this week maybe you got something to throw off too amen can we live with a sense of revival I want to pray as we sing and I want us to lift up our hands this morning and declare the name of Jesus and I want to invite you into 
the sound of revival today as we sing. Jesus, we love you and we worship you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken your beautiful word. I thank you that you have broken every chain. God, I ask for a move of repentance in our church, in our city, in our nation, in the nations of the world, in our day, in our time, like has never been seen, of people not being filled with shame because of what's been done or not done, but people experiencing freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray freedom over every person here, Lord. Would you come and set us free and highlight our chains in this moment, Holy Spirit. Anything that we need to get rid of, would you speak to us? In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you sing with us that there's power in the name of Jesus?